and I'm on mute. Let's go. Let's bring this back up here. How you guys doing? Welcome and welcome to the SPACs attack. You guys already know where you guys are at. Smash the like button. Let's bring in the brains to the show. Our leader, Chris Catchy. Hey, what's going on, Mitch? How we doing on this fine Friday? Hey, it's always good to have the Kissopedia with me, and I'm always feeling confident when I got Chris here to talk about specs. Of course, and guys, I, I got green on today. We're, we're going to be talking to Hylion CEO Thomas Healy. Super excited about this one. You know, uh, Hylion was one of the most well-known specs last year. Uh, the share price has fallen, so we'd love to get more commentary from you know Thomas Healy uh, on what's going on, the future of this company. Uh, full disclosure, just to throw it out from the top, I do own shares of HYL on uh, Hylion, um, so getting that out there, but definitely excited about this interview today, Mitch. How about you? Super excited, you guys. You know, one of the things is we actually had a Hylion back before in the summer, um, and, and and really, this was this was a, a big part of Zoltan. If you guys don't know, Zoltan helps us out in the communications in the back, and and you know we we, we stayed with it. And and this was a company that at first, you know, some people were like, why why do we have this on pre market prep? Why is Helion on? Next thing you know, you started seeing the stock really rise, and and now we're we're looking at a period of time when we're really starting to focus on how this company is going to perform in the next couple of years. This is going to be a really interesting interview. But before then, Chris, let's go ahead and let let's let's do a little bit of headlines, and then we'll get right into talking a little bit more about Helion. All right, guys. Yeah. For the, so for those of you who may be new to the show, this is how we start the show every day. Before our interviews, we like to get to the headlines on SPACs and former SPACs and talk about any new deals and rumors out there. So uh, over the past couple of days, news, we have LOTZ Car Lots uh, announcing that they will be opening their California hub in the coming months. Um, Car Lots, a former SPAC, um, has fallen out of favor, but obviously that California hub could be very important to them in that large addressable market size. We have DNMR, Danimer Scientific. Uh, shares got hit by a short report from Spruce Point. Um, again, that's a sustainability company out there that has performed fairly well um, since the SPAC merger went through, um, but that short report out um, the other day. So keep an eye out on that one. We have Arrival, ARVL, so shares traded higher on uh, Thursday and Wednesday after announcing its first electric vehicle prototype delivered to UPS for testing. So remember that Arrival and UPS have a contract together that's important for Arrival, um, you know, with these deals getting done and delivering those vehicles. You forgot one thing, though. What they, did they didn't include that shares were trading higher after announced on SPAC's attack as long-term pick for Mitch here, Arrival. They, yeah, they, they should have included that, man. I, I should have included that. And that's one we've been talking about a long time. We <laughs> we had the seat or we had uh um uh I I forgot his actual title, but we had someone from Arrival on the show talking about that UPS deal. And those micro factories, you know, so exciting times for a rival ahead with that UPS deal. Super exciting. Then we have SRNG, so Soaring Eagle, uh, rumored to be targeting Ginkgo Bioworks. So Ginkgo Bioworks announced the hiring of Dylan George, who worked with the White House. He was a senior advisor of biological threat defense. 
and also worked with the Department of Health and Human Services. So this could be important, you know, if we see Soaring Eagle pick up Ginkgo Bioworks, again, they're involved in several different areas, but now, you know, that key hire that could land them maybe some government deals in the future. We have IPOE merging with SoFi. Uh, so SoFi created a new investor relations Twitter account. Looks like they're going to be more active, um, sharing company activities on Twitter um, via that route. And they did announce that they refiled their S4 with the SEC with new guidance on warrant classification. So look for IPOE to announce that merger date anytime now, as that is you know, seen as the last step there. We have FRX, the company, announcing they will hold a live product update meeting on May 19th to highlight Beachbody and the MyX Fitness bike. Then some ratings. We had Goldman Sachs lowering the rating on Fisker FSR to sell with a new price target of $10 and also lowering the rating on Ride, Lordstown Motors, to neutral and a $10 price target. DraftKings DKNG announced a new exclusive sports betting channel with Sling TV um, yesterday. DraftKings, again, pushing hard into media and content, which could be a key for them with customer acquisitions down the road. I, of course, highlighted DraftKings the other day as one of my favorite long-term picks and one of the catalysts being those media and content deals. We have GIK, that merger was approved with Lightning E-Motors. The new ticker will be ZEV. And then some movers. So yesterday, our, our deal announcements, which I'll get to in a minute, we had HCAC up 3%, FWAA up 2%, and uh, Nicola, NKLA up double digits. And then on Thursday, we, of course, had NGA up 19%, ACTC up 16%, SRAC up 11%, and BRPA up 9%. And then on Thursday, we did have two deals and we didn't have a show yesterday due to the Benzinga Small Cap Clean Tech Conference. Hopefully some of you were able to tune into that great event that we had. So the deals yesterday, we had FWAA, that's Fifth Wall Acquisition Corp. One, a category leading smart home technology company uh, announcing a, a SPAC deal. Smart Rent is the acquired company being valued at $2.2 billion. There's no warrants involved in this deal. So less dilution down the road. Current shareholders will own 15.9%. Um, there's also a three-year lockup um, on the founder shares. So definitely something to keep an eye on, doing this deal a little bit different for the long-term investment here. So SmartRent is a leader in smart home technology. They work with residential property owners, managers, home building companies, home buyers, and residents. So an internet of things operating system, they can lower operating costs and increase revenue. Um, they can do electric monitoring. They also are looking to add you know, other things in the future. Um, so right now they have self-guided tours, video intercom, Wi-Fi, parking, and smart home products. And, and they wanna push their revenue per unit in the future, which could include carbon emission monitoring, water leak monitoring, lease signing, CRM, marketplace, and video and security. So they see getting revenue per unit of 13 to $34 a month. Uh, they see a $30 billion opportunity right now, hitting $80 billion with those new products and $200 billion with global expansion. Um, so revenue of 52 million in fiscal 2020, they see that hitting 119 million in 2021. 
Uh, 80% of their fiscal 2021 and fiscal 2022 revenue is already booked from committed units. Um, and they anticipate being uh, EBITDA positive by 2022. So keep an eye out on this one. Again, FWAA. Then our other deal was HZAC. This one has been rumored for a little while. Uh, Horizon Acquisition Corp taking Vivid Seats public, $1.95 billion valuation, one of the largest ticketing platforms um, in the country. So uh, current shareholders will own 20% of the new company. So Vivid Seats' mission is to experience it live. They have a scaled marketplace for both buyers and sellers. Tickets for sporting events, concerts, and theater. Uh, over 12 million customers and 3,400 sellers. 17 million tickets sold annually uh, prior to the pandemic. Um, so Live Nation, of course, their big competitor here. Uh, but they see, you know, they could be a reopening play here, right? So they talk about, you know, that pent-up demand during the pandemic. People want to get back to concerts and sporting events. Market size of $39 billion for ticketing. Um, they also have an app that has helped grow their business. So order volume up four times since 2017, 40% of their order volume coming from that app, which also has a reward system. So prior to the pandemic, 2019, gross order volume of $2.3 billion, revenue of $471 million, and EBITDA of $128 million. Uh, order volume was split 46% concerts, 42% sports, and 12% theaters. So they estimate it will take until 2022 to hit that order volume from the pre-pandemic levels. Uh, revenue of 115 million in fiscal 2020. Uh, they see it hitting 168 million in 2021. And then that nice rebound of 459 million in fiscal 2022 and 525 million in fiscal 2023. And then on our calendar, we, of course, have the NGA Lion Electric vote. Um, and then next week, we have a couple votes as well, STPK and VSPR. So that's what I've got for headlines. And again, no show yesterday due to the Benzinga Small Cap Conference. So we did have those two deal announcements. Nice to see both of them trade positively on the day um, that the deals were announced. And then, Mitch, we also had a pretty strong day for SPACs on uh, Wednesday, um, that we weren't able to talk about yesterday as well. All right, all right, guys, I'm back, I'm back. And like always, guys, hit us a like. That's what we're here for, guys. This is the SPACs attack where we talk everything SPACs. And there's a reason why we go in through the headlines, guys, because this is nowhere else you are getting this headlines every single day. So definitely, before we bring on our interview, we definitely need some more likes, guys. We only seen 75 likes. If we don't get this up to 200, we might as well tell Tom... Uh, tell Thomas that we'll go ahead and record this interview and bring it out later. We need to see those likes get up there. Let's go ahead and get those likes up. All right, all right, guys. Like I said in the chat right now, guys, you guys give Thomas some love in the chat. He can see you guys. So definitely put that love in the chat. I already saw some flowing through there, but I definitely wanted to give you guys a little hint that he could see you guys out there. So Chris, Without further ado, looks like he's ready. Looks like we're ready. Let's go ahead and let's start our interview. We're ready. Looks like the chat is ready. Super excited. It looks like lots of comments out there. We want Thomas. We want Thomas. So, so let's bring him on, guys. Today on SPACs Attack, an exclusive interview 
We have Thomas Healy, the CEO and founder of Hylion. Ticker is H-Y-L-N. Welcome to the show, Thomas. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure being here. Of course. Yep. We're so happy to get you on here finally. Uh, I got my green on today. We're ready to talk about Hylion and, and you know what's ahead for the company. Sounds terrific. Well, yeah, no, we're excited to share a little bit more about you know, what we're doing in the electrification space here, how we're going after commercial vehicles, uh, you know, watch some of the things you guys have uh, have shared before here. And I think it's going to be a great dialogue. You know, let, let viewers know a little bit more about how we're different in this electrification uh, buzz here and all the SPAC buzz that's going on. And, um, you know, excited to share more. Definitely, guys. If you guys are excited to have Thomas on with us today, hit the like button, hit the share, let everyone know it's on right now. All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and, and kick back here. Let Chris ask some questions. All right, Thomas. So let's dive in. I want to start with, you know, some of the newer news out here. So you announced the formation of a Hypertruck Innovation Council. So some big players, Anheuser-Busch, Penske, Ryder, Schneider, and Wegmans. Can you talk, you know, what is this uh, council all about um, and with Hylion's involvement here? Absolutely. So, you know, as we announced the Hypertruck product last year, the amount of interest and excitement we started getting from fleets was, was frankly kind of surreal, right? And we had fleets calling us every day, expressing that they wanted to be an early adopter. They wanted to be part of this process with us. And, uh, and so what we did is we stepped back and we said, all right, well, what's going to be the most successful way to launch this product? And what we figured out was, you know, the best way to do it is let's get a core group of fleets, about 10 fleets, who would be kind of our, our launch partners, our, our fleets that we go through this process with, and not only have them lined up to be the first adopters of the Hypertruck, but also have them be a part of this journey with us, right? As we're going through the testing and validation and engineering of this product, it doesn't make sense for us to do this in a, in a silo and then come to market with a, a solution that we think is going to meet the fleet's needs. The best thing to do in reality is get those fleets to give us the input right from the very beginning. And that's why, you know, you mentioned some of them, but it's the, the you know, Anheuser-Busch, Penske, uh, Ryder, Schneider, um, you know, it's, it's some of the biggest names in this trucking industry. These fleets operate over 100,000 vehicles across, uh, you know, the, their operations. And so we really have the, the best and the brightest, you know, pulled in with us here to, to really make this product launch successful. And now the, the onus is in our hands to deliver them a product that really works for what they're trying to do. Awesome. So I know the big question out there with this council and those big names, of course, is, you know, have they signed deals? How will that be communicated? And, you know, what do these partners get? You alluded to, you know, them being involved in the, the you know, staging here. But when can we look forward to, you know, hearing some of the, the numbers, the orders and commitments from some of those partners? Yes. So no doubt pre-orders has been a, uh, a topic of, of discussion right in the industry here. And what we found with engaging with fleets is that all of them want to actually experience the technology in their own operations, let them see it firsthand, let them you know, prove to themselves that this is a product that actually makes sense for them. And so that's that's exactly how we framed up this fleet council. So it's it's not you know that these fleets have committed to to pre-orders, but what they have committed to is they're going to be part of the development process with us, giving us that input and feedback. And they're also going to be the first ones to actually run our trucks in their operations in their fleets. And so you know I think that you know if you think about this from a, a way a fleet adopts trucks, 
they're buying hundreds or, you know, an in instance, thousands of vehicles every year or every quarter, they're putting more, more trucks in their operation. And so Hylion's kind of positioned in that perfect spot here where now we have that engagement level with these fleets. And, uh, you know, as I said before, the onus is on us to prove that it's the right solution and then uh, convince them that this is the, the powertrain that's right for their operations going forward as they're buying new trucks. Awesome. And then keeping with the the hyper truck here, uh, can you kind of break down the timeline? So when will we see, you, you know, the, the prototypes out? When will we see first deliveries hit the market here? Yeah, so you're going to see initial vehicles, uh, you know, that are, are kind of demonstration units out on the road later this year. And then going into next year is when we'll start putting some more volume of these units out there. So a uh, lot of exciting stuff later this year in terms of actually letting these fleets be able to experience them. Uh, we're going to be, you know, putting them out on the road in our own fleet as well here. We've got, you know, a proof of concept vehicle that I'm sure you've seen videos of. Uh, we're in the process of, of building more hyper trucks right now. And uh, later this year is when uh, these fleets will actually get a chance to experience it themselves. Awesome. And then, you know, at current levels, what kind of numbers are we looking forward to uh, for the hyper truck as far as production a year, um, you know, uh, production wise? Yeah. So ultimately, we see this product as, you know, something that we're going to get to, you know, producing thousands of these. Uh, you know, I don't want to talk to exact numbers in terms of our rollout plans here, but, um, you know, this is something that we see as being able to be truly a, a global, uh, not so not just North America, but global powertrain solution. You know, and as we look at this industry, just in North America, there's a few hundred thousand vehicles made every year. And then globally, it, it starts getting closer to, you know, about a million trucks every year. And we see that we can go after, you know, a pretty substantial market opportunity. Um, you know, there's no doubt that the industry is ready for electrification. So electric's coming, but fleets are trying to figure out what's right for them. And, you know, you guys have been, you know, your name says it, you're following the SPACs, right? You've seen a lot of these EV SPACs come to market. And, you know, our goal is, all, hopefully all these companies are successful because it's kind of like the riding, uh, rising tide approach here. But we think we've got a pretty unique offering by saying it's an electric vehicle, but not needing to be reliant on the grid in order to recharge it, right? As, as I'm sure you know, we use actually natural gas or a fuel on board in order to recharge the batteries, which we found that fleets find it to just be a very practical solution for their operations as opposed to something that requires a ton of overhaul for them to be able to adopt. Awesome, and then I, I wanna turn back. So before you get the, the hyper truck out there, right now we're working you know, on the electrification of existing vehicles. So I've, I've heard you in past interviews you know, talking about using what's already there now um, and then planning for you know, hydrogen in the future. So why is this important now as far as the electrification of existing vehicles? Sure. So number one goal is we got to reduce emissions, right? I mean, that's that's this whole one of the whole premises behind this push towards electric is, you know, transportation as a whole is our number one uh, greenhouse gas polluter. And so, you know, trucking plays a part in that. And so our focus is how can we get practical solutions in these fleets hands in order to start reducing emissions? And so, you know, what we our philosophy is BEV vehicles make a ton of sense for kind of the in-city short haul local delivery. But then once you start getting to the longer haul market, these fleets that they're going to drive hundreds, you know, 500 miles a day uh, on these on these vehicles, 
it doesn't make sense to, to have a huge battery pack and have to have massive recharging infrastructure and stations in order to do quick recharges of those batteries. So that's where our philosophy is. You really want to use an electric range extender vehicle, which basically means, you know, you're going to put a fuel on board on that vehicle and use that to recharge the battery pack. And what we're what we've come to market with is we're going to use natural gas as that first fuel in order to, to recharge the batteries. And then we see a path to actually go to hydrogen in the future. Uh, but there's a lot of obstacles that need to still be kind of overcome before we get to hydrogen. You need to have green hydrogen production. You need to have costs come way down. It's, it's a lot more expensive than diesel right now. Uh, and stations need to be built out versus all of those things have already been covered or already been achieved with renewable natural gas. And so what our, our philosophy is, let's, let's use a fuel that's available today, has great emissions profiles, actually can be a net carbon negative producing vehicle, and we can start getting those out on the road in the very near future, as opposed to waiting for hydrogen to be ready. But for Hylion's positioning, all the, the only thing we need to change in that vehicle as we go forward is the actual generator under the hood to be able to use hydrogen uh, in later years. Awesome. You know, we we try not to get too political on this show, but obviously we've had a change in the administration. There's been a lot of talk about, you know, electrification, pushing for, you know, infrastructure, electric vehicles. You know, how do you view, you know, the the new focus on electrification and how does Hylion really take advantage of this, this new push from the government? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's fantastic, right? I mean, the amount of uh, capital that's going in towards electrification, the amount of incentives that are going to be put in place uh, to help fleets actually be able to adopt these solutions, it's going to do nothing but accelerate uh, the adoption curve here, and you know, make it very practical for fleets to be able to go uh, take these electric solutions into their fleet. You know, one of the the things that's very unique about trucking that's different than passenger cars is that trucking, it's all about ROI, right? For these fleet operators, they wanna be able to move goods from point A to point B and do it as inexpensive as possible. That's how they make their money. And so you need to be able to bring them a solution that not only reduces emissions, but also can save, the, can save them uh, in cost of operation. And so any government incentives that are put towards these vehicles is gonna help with that TCO calculation and thus make fleets want to adopt it even faster. So uh, it, it's fantastic what's happening from a, a subsidy standpoint and, and put this push towards electrification. It's also fantastic to see what's what's happened in the SPAC market and it's how it's allowed companies like Hylion uh, to be able to bring in more capital to really have the uh, the means behind us in order to be able to go make this all successful. It's, you know, the more capital that's being utilized in this space, uh, the higher likelihood of, uh, of success of making EV, EV commercial vehicles a reality. Awesome. So one of the other newer news items out from Hylion this year was this new battery technology, you know, and I, when that came out, this, this just seemed massive, right? We talk about batteries in the EV space all the time and we've got advanced cooling and longer battery life and looks like, you know, recharges in eight minutes. Like that just stands out on that slide right there. So, so Thomas, give us the breakdown, you know, about this battery technology when will we be able to, you know, see this and how can Hylion grow this going forward? Yeah, so no doubt we're uh, we're pretty excited about it. We think that these batteries can be a game changer. Um, you know, you hit on some of the things like an eight minute recharge, right? I mean, think about that. That kind of like takes this equation and flips it on its head, right? I mean, most uh, lithium ion batteries can take 
half hour, an hour, some even more to do a full recharge. And that's where you see like, you know, the lineup of EVs, you know, waiting to, to get their time to, to actually be able to recharge. With eight minute recharges, I mean, it, you can now recharge a vehicle while a, a truck driver is in grabbing a cup of coffee and or is on a, you know, a break. And so uh, from that standpoint, we see, you know, the time of recharging being a, a big game changer, but also the ability for us to have about five times the life cycle uh, as a conventional lithium ion battery pack. And, um, you know, it's those two things combined, as well as having some really improved safety factors uh, compared to conventional lithium ion that we think makes this a game changer. Now, one thing to be clear on though, this isn't the right battery pack for everything, right? We're this wouldn't be the right battery pack to put in your passenger car Tesla because the goal of those vehicles is you wanna store as much energy as you possibly can on the car so that you can drive long distances. Our battery pack, the sweet spot for that is you wanna do fast recharges and, and discharges, right? So, you know, if you're gonna go for trying to run a vehicle 24 seven, you could stop it three times a day and just do these fast recharges uh, versus, you know, trying to, to haul enough battery capacity to go a full 24 hours. So so that's where we see the sweet spot of, of these batteries being for the uh, the EV market here. Awesome. Yeah, that was exciting technology. You know, I loved seeing that. We're excited to see that in the future. So um, I want to turn back to, you know, talking a little about orders and deals. I know that's a hot topic out there. So, you know, will orders and deals be announced individually, um, you know, as they happen? Or is this something Hylion will provide, you know, during quarterly earnings? Will Hylion be able to announce all the partners or, or will some of them, you know, be anonymous and up to the partners to disclose? Uh, I think it's it's an all of the above, right? What, you know, as we bring in uh, pre-orders, we will bring those to the market and announce those, uh, whether it be you know kind of off cycle, outside of earnings calls or during earnings calls. I think it really just depends on on timing of of bringing things to fruition. Uh, you've seen us on past earnings calls announced, you know, getting more hybrid uh, systems out there, right? One of the things we haven't covered on this interview is we actually have two different products. We have our hyper truck that we've been talking a lot about. We also have a hybrid solution that we're shipping out to fleets today in low volume. So uh, you'll see us continue to make progress on that and getting more units out into to fleets hands. And uh, and ultimately, you know, garnering more of these relationships. I think, you know, for us that pulling together that that fleet council, these these partner fleets um, was a, a fantastic uh, step towards having kind of the, um, the the fleets we need in place in order to make the launch of this product successful. Uh, you know, and, and personally, I'm, I'm thrilled with who we brought in. I mean, I don't think you could get a better list of, uh, of fleets. You know, these are, are some of the largest players in the industry. And, uh, you know, the, I think as we go forward here, you'll see, um, you know, both us showcasing some of their progress some more. And we've already seen uh, some of them, uh, you know, start showcasing it as well. We saw Anheuser-Busch sharing about, uh, you know, them collaborating with us and, uh, and some of the others like Ruin, I think, uh, you know, put some announcements out there or, or you know, put some words out there about our collaboration. So uh, you'll see it coming from both of us. All right, I'm going to go ahead and hop in here. And you mentioned exactly what I've been focusing on, which is the hybrid solution. And, you know, one of the things that I've been mentioning uh, about your company is that I think first you're going to start seeing retrofit and fleets moved to that first, and then you'll start seeing them think about the, the, the complete investment of a whole nother fleet. So I, I definitely think the hybrid advantage here is an advantage for your company. So can you explain us a little bit more about this next generation solution and how it's really set 
for 2021? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, our hybrid product, we, we've got a low vol volume rollout going on right now with it. And then later this year, we're going to be releasing some product improvements, some, you know, uh, advancements to it that, you know, will allow us to start scaling up volume. Uh, and then from there, you know, it, it's when we'll start moving in into more uh, the commercialization phase of things. Um, so, you know, that'll take place, as I mentioned, latter part of this year. You know, one of the things that your question reminded me of, though, is just maybe highlighting a little of where the whole industry is at in this electrification adoption, because you mentioned, you know, retrofits being a really smart move in the beginning. And, and that's exactly what we found. Right. I mean, if if you uh, step back and look at this space, 99 probably percent of the vehicles that are out on the road, these commercial trucks, these semi trucks are run off of diesel fuel. So this shift towards electric, you know, it's not going to be next year that, you know, all the vehicles being sold, they're going to be electric. It's it is going to be a process here. But we're at that beginning stages of fleets are, are really excited about starting to adopt electric. And then once they find which powertrain solution makes the most sense for them, then the fleet, the vehicles that they buy going forward will be that electric solution. And so for us, as we can take our, you know, our hybrid product, take an, a truck that a fleet already owns uh, in their operations, retrofit it up to being hybrid, that gives them the ability to start experiencing electrification very quickly and very easily. And then from there, you know, it can be a solution that they adopt on the new trucks they're buying. So, uh, you know, as you mentioned, we think uh, retrofits is a very unique opportunity. Uh, but ultimately, you know, in order to get mass adoption, this will be something that happens on new vehicle installs. Definitely going to be looking forward to it. As I always say, the story is everything. And I think that's really the story first. So that's what I'm really focusing on. And I'll let Chris continue here. Awesome. Yeah. Great insight there, you know, on the electrification, the the fleet customers there. Thomas, you talked a little about, you know, competitors. Uh, you've been pretty open, you know, about, uh, you know, room for multiple players in some of these industries and, you know, just everyone kind of working, you know, towards the goal of clean energy. So, you know, how does uh, Hylion, you know, uh, keep that lead versus some of these competitors and, you know, uh, what does Hylion do different than some of the competitors in some of these spaces? Yes, yeah, so we like to, I guess, pride ourselves in in trying to be practical, right? And uh, trying to do things that are in the near term uh, that make a lot of sense for fleets. And that's where if we step back and look at this landscape, this market, you know, we've talked a little bit about this, but you have BEV trucks and then you have electric range extender trucks. Now, electric range extender trucks are ones that are recharged off of hydrogen or recharged off of natural gas versus BEV trucks are recharged off of the grid. And, you know, as we look at going back to that, that phrase, the practicality of it, right? You look at uh, BEV, the amount of cost and in infrastructure that needs to be put in place and same thing with hydrogen, it's huge, right? I mean, I think... Um, you know, it's, I don't remember the exact number here, but if you wanted to put as many uh, hydrogen, you know, refueling stations across North America, as there are uh, already existing natural gas refueling stations, it would be north of a $10 billion endeavor. So a, a huge amount of uh, expense needs to go into it. And it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time, right? And that's where, you know, going back to the practicality side of it, we can use natural gas today. Uh, to recharge these battery packs. It actually offers the lowest cost. It's le less expensive than diesel and it's much less expensive than hydrogen or even grid electricity today. And it also offers the best emissions profile. So 
Uh, another thing to kind of dive into here is this whole other mega trend that's happening of renewable natural gas. Um, and you know, for viewers who are maybe not familiar with it, it's it's basically taking pollutants that would have come off of landfills and dairy farms and actually capturing those that pollution and pumping that into the natural gas pipelines and using that as a fuel in a vehicle. So when you step back and look at it, you're you're actually taking like pollution to drive your truck, right? And uh, and so when you do that, it's a huge benefit for the environment because you no longer just have that gas going off into the atmosphere. And that's where we can actually drive a net carbon negative in some instances, uh, you know, carbon profile for our vehicles. So as you look at some of these big fleets, like, you know, one of them that's been super vocal is Amazon. Amazon wants to get their operations to net carbon zero by, I think it's 2040. And so if they can take a, a truck like ours that has a negative emissions profile, that's gonna, not only, that's gonna do nothing but just accelerate them towards that net zero uh, goal that they have in place. Awesome. So turning a little to some of the financials, you know, when the original SPAC presentation came out, it was listed, you know, that 2022 was going to be the year for meaningful revenue and, you know, positive uh, EBITDA. Is that still the case? Is everything kind of on track for that still? Sure. So, you know, I'll go back to some of our, our things that we shared in our past earnings calls. So uh, on our last earnings call, we did announce that we've had some delays in the actual hybrid development. Uh, a lot of this really came from just, um, you know, hiring hiring some really smart people out of the commercial vehicle space who know how to commercialize products correctly and just making sure that we're following the, the best practices from a commercialization, testing and validation uh, process. So we did share some of that on our, our last earnings call. Uh, and then, you know, I think for financial updates, uh, I'm going to defer that, you know, to our earnings call. We have another one coming up here in a little bit less than a month. Uh, and so as, you know, as we'll be looking at the years ahead here, uh, that's going to be the best place to stay in tune with kind of what those future looking projections are and where we're at on that development curve. But, you know, I think for uh, one of the things that we've been really vocal about is, you know, later this year, we're going to have uh, these demo trucks out on the road. We're also going to be re releasing that upgraded um, hybrid solution. And then going into next year is where we see us being able to start kicking up some of the volume of that hyper truck solution, which, you know, is a, the thing that I think everyone's super excited about. We are internally. Uh, I think the public is really excited about that. And, you know, no doubt those those fleets that we're working with, um, you know, can't wait to get these vehicles in their hands. Uh, we'll, we'll, we get calls from them frequently saying, so, you know, when can we get it and can we try to get it a little faster? And, uh, you know, so a lot of exciting stuff coming up ahead of us here. Well, it sounds like demand, you know, definitely a, a good problem to have at this point. So, so Thomas, we talk all things SPACs, you know, on this show. And of course, we've seen a lot of pressure on SPACs lately. And, and I know you can't comment on, on the share price, but we have seen, you know, Hylion and several other SPACs, you know, fall from their peaks in 2020. You, you know, what do you kind of lay out for shareholders on how Hylion, you know, is a, a long-term investment versus, you know, just a, you know, buy it in 2020, sell it in 2020 or 2021? Yeah, so I think, you know, as any investors are looking at this EV space, uh, no doubt even the change from when we took Hylion public to now where we sit today, there are many more competitors coming into this EV market. Um, and, you know, I think if, if, you're a, uh, if you're looking at this space, 
you got to just look at what the business plans are between behind these companies. You know, a lot of us are in a phase here where we're, uh, you know, getting vehicles out on the road. We're in early, you know, pre-revenue or early revenue type stages here. And so I think, you know, the, the best way to kind of look at this is what what companies on the best business plan in order to be successful and uh, and, you know, who's showing traction in the market here. And I think for Hylion, one of the unique things with our business plan is the kind of the foundation or the infrastructure that we need in order to be successful, you know, as I was mentioning before, having, you know, the ability to recharge our vehicles, having low cost fuel sources, uh, that's, that's what really makes us uh, positioned in a unique situation here where we're not waiting on others to make this happen. You know, the, the infrastructure is there today and now it's on us to get the technology out there. So, you know, look at the business plans, look at which ones you think make sense and then, uh, you know, make your decision based off of, of that. I think that's the, the best advice for anyone. And, you know, obviously I'm biased, but I think, you know, the path that Hylion is on here is, is really strong and uh, there's going to be a lot of exciting opportunities ahead of us here. One of the things that stuck out to me in one of your past interviews was you mentioned um, raving fans. And I, of course, was drawn into that because that's one of our phrases here at Benzinga. We try to create raving fans, right? So so why is that important, you know, in a space like like trucking, you, you know, where these drivers, you know, spend, you know, a lot of their time in these trucks and they have brand loyalty. So why is it so important to create these raving fans for uh, Hylion? Yeah. So, you know, as we look at this space, um, these these fleet owners, the in their influence by the drivers around them, I mean, they are buying so many trucks every single year. And so, you know, we need to build a strong relationship with them. We need to prove to them that this solution is right. And we need to get them really excited about what we're doing, because that's going to accelerate uh, the adoption of our product into this market. So uh, that's why we're going after, you know, making raving fans out of the, the customers that we have, the fleets that we're partnering with. And, uh, you know, and then that even goes into the, the public markets here as well. And, you know, the, the people watching this show, you know, we want people to be a part of this journey with us because we think there's a lot of cool things we're doing uh, within these four walls here at Hylion. And we want people to be able to experience that uh, with us. And, you know, one of the things I was thinking, I was watching some of uh, the shows you've done. And uh, I think in one of them, you were doing a, uh, a raffle off of, uh, of some merchandise. So what I was thinking is, hey, let's, you know, why don't you guys open up in the chat? We'll get some people uh, asking for some uh, Hylion swag and apparel and, uh, you know, get us a list of them and we'll, we'll get some stuff sent out to people here. That, that sounds awesome, guys. Dro drop a one in the chat if you would like some Hylion merch and, and hit up Benzinga or me or Mitch on Twitter. Let's hear, let's get the responses. Who wants some Hylion merch? Love it, Thomas. Creating raving fans. So, so speaking of, you know, raving fans, that, that's what Benzinga is all about. So, so while we have you, Thomas, we're, we're going to try to ask some questions from the chat and that we got, you know, on Twitter ahead of this interview. Um, so some Benzinga uh, fans out there, one of the questions we got was, if I was to own an ERX, what would I do if something broke down with the system and I needed to take it to the shop? So can you talk a little bit about the uh, repair and maintenance side of things for the Hypertruck? Yeah, so if something happens with the truck, the cool thing is we're using existing chassis, right? So uh, we're launching with Peterbilt. So you'd bring it to a Peterbilt dealer. 
And then from there, you know, in terms of the powertrain, we're setting up service partners across North America. That's something we're working on so that, um, you know, we have a network in place in order to be able to keep these trucks up and running across the U.S. Uh, with our hybrid product today, we actually have our own service team that goes out and, uh, and services those vehicles. Obviously, that doesn't scale, though, uh, you know, when you get thousands of vehicles out there. So at that point, that's when we'll have service partners in place. Awesome. And then another question was, can you ask about weight savings from replacing the large diesel engine with renewable natural gas? Uh, so anything about the weight savings out here? Yeah. So as you compare our, our truck against a normal BEV, one of the biggest concerns, you know, except for range anxiety with uh, EV trucks, is the amount of weight and cost of batteries on that vehicle. So one of the things that's very unique about our ERX solution is it, uh, it utilizes a very small battery pack and it's constantly getting recharged. So when you compare the weight of our vehicle compared to a, uh, a BEV semi truck, uh, we, our overall vehicle weight is less, which then means fleets can actually put more cargo in the trailer, which then for them, that means they can generate more revenue, right? And that's their whole business. Put more cargo in the trailer, make more money off of every shipment. Uh, and that's why keeping weight down is a big part of our business model. All right, I'm going to jump in here with another one. This one we actually got from Twitter here. So is the next gen battery model available for mass production and will it be available to anyone? Uh, so it's initially going to launch in our hybrid solution as you know, as we look into that next generation solution, that'll be the first application for it. But we are absolutely going to be focused on uh, bringing into other markets, other opportunities as well as we go forward here. Uh, so it's not just a battery pack that we see being proprietary or, or unique to the ERX or our hybrid solution. Uh, it's something that we see being a, a great fit for other markets as well. Uh, but in order to make it successful, we first got to launch it in our own products. Awesome. And then I, I've got one here asking again on Twitter, uh, can Thomas comment on how many employees Hylion now has and compared to 2020 and how has employee retention been? Yeah, so I think in, in one of our last public filings, which was uh, maybe a month or two ago, I think we uh, we announced that we had about 120 or a little more than that uh, employees in the organization. And that's continuing to grow. Uh, that's it's We've got maybe... I don't remember the exact number of, uh, of jobs that we have up there, but it's, you know, it's um, maybe close to 50 jobs or something that we're recruiting for right now. I mean, we are trying to hire at a, uh, a nonstop pace. And, you know, for anyone watching this, if, if Hylion's of interest to you, if you want to be in this electrification space, uh, go to Hylion.com. We got a recruiting page. Uh, our marketing team just launched a, uh, an awesome video that gives you a little insight of our offices here. And, uh, and what we're up to. And I would encourage you to go in and apply and, uh, and you know, be a part of this journey here with us. We're, we're looking for great talent, really smart people, really motivated individuals uh, that can make this journey a reality. Awesome. Yeah. You know, Thomas, speaking of hiring, we, we did get a comment on Twitter as well. Uh, that great recruitment video that you do have out on LinkedIn. So someone asked us, 
Can you ask Mr. Healy if ownership of the stock includes part ownership of those cute puppies featured in their LinkedIn <laughs> recruitment video? So big fans of the puppies out there. And then also, Thomas, I saw that it mentioned the CEO cooking breakfast in that recruitment video. So exciting. A little Chef Ramsey, a little Chef Ramsey <laughs> in you. So guys, if, you, if you're interested in the space and you want to work for Hylion, I mean, I watched that uh, recruitment video and it, it looked pretty good out there. So that's all I'll say. So, uh, and if you want to see Thomas cook, cook some breakfast too. So Thomas, I, I think we're out of time here. You know, I, I want to thank you, you know, for coming on the show. We look forward to following the progress. Looks like earnings on May 11th from Hylion. I know I'll be tuning in and we'd love to have you back on the show, you know, after that earnings report. So, you know, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Again, guys, Thomas Healy, the CEO and founder of Hylion, that's ticker H-Y-L-N. I appreciate you having me on. And I think Chef Ramsey would be uh, disgraced by my pancake making, but you know, they're not all. You should send him, some, send him some pictures sometimes. I know he loves to comment on uh, people sending him pictures on Twitter. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a big TikTok guy. We've got to get you on there. <laughs> that, uh, that'll be a first. <laughs> hey, you heard it here, guys. Appreciate you joining us. Thank Thanks, you, Thomas. Thanks for having me on. Hey guys, well, you guys heard it first here on the SPACs Attack. This is exactly what we do, guys. We have some great interviews. As you guys can see, I think Thomas enjoyed it with us also. And that's really what it's all about, guys. So if you enjoyed that, please smash the like button. Hit the share button below. Let everybody know about this interview. Maybe they missed it. Maybe you can be that friend and let them know to check it out. Yeah, you know, great interview. We, we love getting Thomas on here. Again, I, I own shares of uh, Hylion. I, I've been a big fan of Hylion. You, you know, Mitch, we, we talked long-term plays the other day, right? And that's what stuck out to me, right, was, you, you know, this isn't a 2020 story. This isn't a 2021 story. This is 2022 and beyond, um, you know, and it sounds like they've got strong interest from their partners, um, you know, those companies uh, on that uh, advisory council now, they're making some strong hiring moves. So big things coming. And it looks like, you know, Hylion's all about the future here. What do you think, Mitch? Well, you know me, I'm all about the chart kind of guy. So I'll go ahead up and pull up the chart here. And, and what I would say about this is that at the end of the day, guys, you, if you're looking at Helion or Helion right now, you're seeing this decline that's giving you an opportunity to get in at a better price than just about everyone since October. And so I, I'm really looking at this chart. You know, I actually got in this one when we got this spike here, and I was able to take a little bit of a profit, but then you know it started pulling back, and and, and then eventually on the rest of the shares, I kind of was like about break even because I was holding on. I was believing in this company here in the 17s. So what's to make me not believe in this company now that we're down here towards the eight and nines? So that's what's going to be on my radar. I want to see a big, big volume push just like we got here. So that big volume push, we got 68 million shares traded on that day. I'm looking for the millions, the million shares that are trading up here. Now we got 6 million, 10 million. Can we get up to, let's say, about 30 million shares traded over that $10 mark? That's what's going to get me interested here. But definitely, guys, like I've mentioned before, the story here for me is that hybrid solution. That hybrid solution, I, I just I just feel it, guys. Like I, It's what I mentioned that I really don't think you're going to see people or companies just just throw out millions of dollars to complete brand new fleets right off the back. 
you know, you, you, you're going to start seeing the carbon neutral focus more at, at first. And so with that, I think the hybrid solution starts playing into that first. And then then you'll start seeing kind of the full EVs coming out and, and the focus going into can we get these whole fleets changed over to completely EV? Yeah, you know, story now, electrification, story in the future, you know, those those big semi-trucks. Uh, you know, great points there, Mitch. Uh, and, you know, I like the comments on the new administration, right? No one no one really loves talking politics when it comes to their companies, but ultimately, you know, that that's a positive, right, for a company like Hylion to see a, an administration that's so pro-clean energy, you know, for, uh, you know, not only government fleets, but for other customers. And I, I like Thomas's comments too. He went into, you know, the government and fleets a little bit. We, we haven't heard much about any government contracts, but maybe that could be something in the future. It, it looks like, you know, maybe May 11th when they report earnings, um, we'll, we'll get some more color uh, on, you know, order sizes and, and demand. So, um, you know, great interview again, Mitch. And, you know, I, I put in the chat, guys, you, you heard Thomas say, right, we got some Hylion merch to, to give away. So email spaxattack at gmail.com. Uh, tweet this interview out the YouTube link and tag myself. And you'll be entered into a drawing for some Hylion merch. I'm excited. I want some Hylion merch. Um, but we'll be giving it away to our raving fans. And, and how about that, Mitch? We create raving fans at Benzinga, right? And Thomas Healy wants to create raving fans for for his product. So that that was great to hear too. The connection there. Definitely. At the end of the day, guys, we always try to create raving fans by what? By giving them value, guys. That's really what we try to do here on Spacks Attack is get you guys the information that you guys need to hear so that you guys can make your own investment decisions. And like always, like Chris said, you guys can always hit us up on SpacksAttack at that gmail.com. Hit us up, guys. If you if you got something and you, and you want to hear about it, let us know. Also, you can hit us up on Twitter, Chris Ketchy otherwise known as he needs to change his name on Twitter to Cryptopedia. Yeah. And you guys already know, Story Investors, hit me up, Money Mitch. You guys already know we work hard to get you guys the information. And Chris and I do this every single day for free. So if you guys enjoy that being for free, not having to pay for information, not having to pay for the SPACs attack, definitely hit the like button because I'm pretty sure we could pay, charge for this, but we don't because the reason why, guys, is that Chris and I do this. It's not just for us. We want you guys to be out there to be able to create wealth for your family, whether that's making investment decisions or keeping you in, in kind of that risk adverse mindset, whatever we can do to push you guys forward, we're definitely going to keep doing. I definitely, you know, uh, smash the like, guys. I hope you got value out of this interview. I, I know I did as a highly on shareholder and, you know, as someone that's followed the SPACs industry for so long, you, you know, great to have a, a big name like Thomas Healy on here. Smash the like. Let Zoltan know that he did great booking this interview today. You know, as Mitch said at the start of the show, we, we do have someone working to help bring us these guests on the show. And, and right now we have interviews lined up, you know, for the next couple of weeks. We're bringing you guys the, the CEOs of these companies, right? The CEOs of the SPACs, the CEOs of the acquired companies. We want to learn more, right? You can read the press release. You can look at the presentation slides. But to have someone do a live video interview, this is live, you know, sharing that information, answering the, the important questions. And then also, again, we create raving fans. 
we want the the you know the people watching to ask questions and we'll try to get to as many you know appropriate questions that we can so you know great interview again mitch uh you, you know i'm liking what i'm hearing uh, that's what i would definitely say here like always, guys, and it looks like we're hitting over that 300 mark, but there's about 600 people in here. If you enjoyed him coming on here, look at this, man. This guy, look at that energy. He came on and he gave you guys some information. One of the things that I'm definitely going to be paying attention to that he was talking about was how this makes just more sense than, let's say, we just start doing this whole infrastructure move when we could just attack kind of the fuel game. And like he talked about it, there's no need to do that recharge if you have some fuel on board. So I think that's going to be something that I'm going to be watching out for. And, and a lot of a lot of companies, this is not, you know, we could talk about competitors here and, and we can mention other ones. They're, they're, they're dipping too, guys. So I think there's going to be a winner here. You just got to watch out and see who can get to the race first. So that's what I'm going to keep watching out. How does that hybrid solution come into 2021? Can we get some of those flowing? And that's that's really on my radar. I don't know about you, Chris. Yeah, definitely. You know, and the, I, I also like, right, we talk about competition all the time, you, you know, for these interviews. And, you know, Thomas, you know, not bashing any of the competitors, not really getting into all the details. There, there's room for lots of players here, right? There's room for lots of players in electrification. There's room for lots of players in the new semi-markets, right? And, and as we look to, you know, these customers, as you said, Mitch, a lot of them are going to spend the money right now to retrofit and then spend the money later on on the new trucks. Hylion's going to benefit from both stages, right? Whereas a company like Tesla, you know, they're going to benefit when people switch to the new semi, right? But they don't benefit right now in the, the short term. Hylion's playing the short term and the long term game. I, I think that's a key point here as well. And it, it looks like lots of people hitting us up on Twitter, Mitch. I'm I'm seeing notifications go go through the roof here. So we're gonna have to come up with a list of people, you know, for that highly on merchandise. That this was great, right? Looks like you put the wrong email, my friend. So I, I'm gonna put uh, I'll put an email that's correct okay. here well, for you. Okay. Well, people found that people found the Twitter, but get, let's get that that email up <laughs> right there. here, guys. Just hit me up directly i'll give you my direct email guys here mitch at benzinga hit me up guys and i'll go through it and get those spacs merch the biggest thing that we want to see guys is support us like we support you guys hit that share button let everyone know about the interview so that we can keep landing bigger and bigger interviews i see mentioned in the chat they want kappa they want kappa i got you guys we'll go ahead and get to work that's what we do also mentioned in the chat was ACIC. Guess what, guys? We already did it. We already did it. So, um, hey, stay with us, guys. There's so many interviews. Another thing that I would tell you guys to check out, if you're brand new to the show, go to our playlist, our SPACs Attack playlist. Check out all the interviews we've done. I, honestly, it's more than 50 now, guys. So check it out, guys. It, you're going to be excited because one of the things is we go through so many different companies that you can learn from. There's SPACs here that I, I'm sure you've never even known what they do or how their company really works. That's exactly what we get after so that you can understand these companies that don't get that much coverage. I saw someone ask for a uh, Nicola interview as well out there, back broker. Uh, I'm not sure that happened. I don't think Nicola is talking to many people right now, but their, their shares are moving. Uh, which, you know, I called the other day that their shares dropped below $10 for the first time. But, you know, the past couple of days that they've rallied. But we're willing to talk to anyone if they want to come on the show. 
um, you know, whether they're ha hated or loved by the SPAC community out there, we try to be fair, right? We try to ask, you know, the, the questions about the company and also some of the important questions about competition, financials, and, and what's ahead. So, you know, hopefully no one shies away from our show. But So if you're watching this out here, yeah, you know, come on the show and t talk about your SPAC um, and what's ahead. Definitely, guys. We're going to keep at it. We're going to keep at it. We got some really cool plans. And, and stay in tune, guys. 2021 is going to be a big year for us. We're not only going to be doing these interviews. I've been working and, and, and I've been working in the back, guys, with Zoltan. And we're, we're trying to get some cooler interviews. Stay tuned, guys. I don't. I can't even put it out there, guys, because they're gonna kill me if I start saying stuff. But uh, just, just I'm telling you guys, there's gonna be some really, really cool interviews later in the year. So hit the like button, hit the subscribe, so that you can stay with the Spacs Attack community. And if you'll see in our chat, we got a couple of loyal viewers. We always got these loyal viewers that talk some great information. That's one of the things that we really work hard here on SPACs Attack. It's our chat has value, guys. Listen to the guys. They do research. There's a lot of guys in our in our chat that I even talk to uh, to get information, to get ideas from. You know, there, there's a lot of people in our chat that are going to give you value also, not just Chris and I. Yeah, you know, definitely, uh, you know, and if there's if there's anything you guys want covered, any show ideas, you know, let us know. Um, you know, we're trying to bring some insights, some trade ideas as well. Um, you know, not just the interviews. Sometimes when we do these interviews, then we do run out of time. Uh, you know, so we'll be back next week with, with more interviews, but we'll try to get some trade ideas and some ticker time flowing because I know you guys in the chat love that. Um, but definitely smash the like, share this video. You know, Thomas Healy, again, a, a well-known name in the SPAC world, Hylion looks like to be a great promising company. So we're happy to get this interview. We're happy that we were able to get to some of your questions as well. So H-Y-L-N, guys, Hylion Holdings, um, you know, exciting things ahead. You heard it from Thomas, and hopefully we'll hear it again from him in May after they report earnings. All right, guys. So one thing I wanted to show you guys here is a comparison to some other companies here. So I'm comparing them here to RMO and XL. I know a lot of people in the chat were talking about that. I'm not going to go into those other two companies, but I'll just show you guys the price action in comparison here. And one thing that I always state, guys, when you put a comparison chart, the top one is usually going to be the leader. Why? Because it it's not getting hit as hard on the downside. So to me, Hillion showing here to be the leader and then well, of course, in the middle, we got RMO and on the downside, XL. So that's what I'm going to be paying attention to over these next couple of weeks. Can Hillion stay as the leader of the group here? So definitely pay attention to that, guys. And if you guys want to check this out, you guys can get Benzinga Pro, Benzinga Pro, guys. I'll put up a little uh, discount here for you guys. So if you look it up, guys, YouTube 20 will get you 20% off any Benzinga Pro subscription, not just the monthly. If you want a yearly, quarterly, whatever it is, guys, get your 20% off. And like always, you can become a Benzinga affiliate and earn 30% off on your new subscription. So hit us up, BenzingaPartnerStacks.com. You'll see the link there. And like always, guys, we're going to keep at this. We had some fun opening some NFTs the other day. I don't know about you, Chris. I got a rare on Money Mitch. You got a super rare on SPACs Attack. And guess what, guys? There's so many more to come, guys. I know that Chris and I are going to be looking for some more NFTs. We got excited like children opening up those packs. And we're looking forward to open up more. 
Yeah, definitely. So guys, you know, it looks like it's almost noon here. We got Power Hour coming up next. I, I hope you guys all enjoyed this show and the interview. If you're new to the stream, you're new to Benzinga, you know, subscribe to the channel. We've got content running all day long um, and Power Hour coming up next. They, they've got some CEOs of companies on as well, and they'll be sharing lots of trading ideas. So, you know, don't go anywhere. Um, Benzinga, you know, running 8 a.m. to 7 o'clock at night with lots of uh, content for you guys out here. Um, so stay tuned. Don't miss Power Hour. Yes, guys. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go ahead up and put this in the chat, guys, so everybody knows what's coming on next and why you should go ahead and tune into Power Hour here. So the interview is going to be with David Luke, CEO of Site Center, ticker SITC, guys, on the Power Hour coming up next, guys. So if you guys enjoyed that, looks like we're at 344 likes. Can we get to 400, guys? Can we break resistance here? I'm trying to break some like records here, guys. Get up there, 400. Hit the like if you guys enjoy us going through this like we do every single day, guys, with you guys. So uh, I want to see those likes get through before we get to Power Hour. Let's see if we can get to 400 here and just before Power Hour comes on next, guys. All and, right, Chris. And, any 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 kind of thing on your in your radar here, guys? Uh, I, I know that we got we saw a little, a little bit of a pop up recently, Chris. Anything on your radar? You know, I, I talked I talked about in headlines the the one that I'm watching today, Mitch, is IPOE um, merging with SoFi. They added that Twitter account for their investor relations, and they did refile their S4 with the new warrant classification. So I think we get a a merger deal announcement on IPOE very very soon. And again, you know, this was one that was traded positively after the deal announcement had good momentum. But over the last couple months has fallen. Um, I, I think you have a good entry point here. And I think this is one that could run going into that merger agreement. It's a fintech play. They've got crypto. They, they've got an Amazon web service style thing to help power some of these sites. So I, I like it. And I'm looking at IPOE today. All right. Keep your eyes on IPOE. And I, I've been seeing talks of IPOF also on Twitter. I, I know that some people are looking at that one as it's come down towards levels that are definitely interesting. Yeah. So like IPOG always, and IPOF both around 1050 right now. So, you know, interesting to see those that that low, but you know, let's get some deal announcements. Chamath, if you're watching, uh, let's hear IPOD or IPOF. Let's hear some deals out there next week. So I think, you know, after the positive momentum we saw, Mitch, with SPACs this week. I, I think merger Monday. I think we see a couple deals on Monday. So I'm excited. We'll be back next week and hopefully have some new deals to talk about. All right, guys, just to give some insight, I know some people are talking about in the chat that we should have a like a SPAC portfolio tracking kind of the people that come on our shows. We actually do, guys. We do our watch list almost every single day, but today we gave you guys a little bit more of the interview versus going in through the watch list. But if you look at our prior show, I, I especially would recommend that long-term show. Chris and I made a couple picks that already are giving back returns, guys. So definitely check that out. And like always, guys, hit the like. We're going to keep going to Power Hour. Looks like they're ready. Let's see what's what's going on. Not yet. Not yet. Oh, my God. They need to get their stuff together in the office. But like always, Chris and I will keep up with you guys on Twitter. So hit us up on Twitter. Chris Ketchy, Story Investor. 
as we keep building and keep building with this show. Uh, one thing I would mention, guys, is that I did do a little bit of a shout out to the Rover Spec. The Rover Spec. That's uh, that's NEBC, right? Just to, I got to make sure I get that ticker right. Yep, NEBC. There you go, guys. So one of the things is I'm looking at that one today, guys. Keep on watch. I'm thinking over the summer, the Rover keeps moving on up. So definitely keep your eyes out on, on that SPAC there. Um, it was on Power Hour. We're looking forward to getting them on SPAC's attack in a little bit. And also um, looking forward to interviews that we got we got planned out all the way months ahead, guys. So stay with us as we keep moving on. All right, guys. Going to go ahead up and wrap it up here. Next up, you guys got the power hour. This is when the hype gets real. If you guys like Hot Stocks Luke, definitely smash the like button and we're going to be switching on over. But like always, guys, stay with us in the SPACs. Attack. Ah!